0: Welcome to PBC Talks. If you would like to find out more information, please visit pbc.org.uk Hey good morning. My name is Ruben. I'm one of the leaders here at Point and Baptist Church. So COVID-19, the coronavirus, originated in the Chinese city of Wuhan at the back end of last year and has quickly spread to become a global crisis. In the Chinese language, it's uh, alleged that the word crisis can be translated into English using two different characters, using two different uh, contradictory English words. The first one is the word danger, but the second is the word opportunity, danger an opportunity. Now, there's some controversy about whether that's the best translation or not, but whatever, coronavirus, COVID-19, is certainly a time of danger for our world, but also a time of opportunity. Let's think about danger. Clearly, COVID-19 is a time of danger. Let's talk about the death rate. 150,000 deaths worldwide. 15,000, 10% of those in the United Kingdom it's certainly a time of danger. Let's think about infections rate. 2.2 million infections cases worldwide, 110,000 in Britain. It's a time of danger. Let's think about work. So many people have been put on furlough. So many people have lost their jobs. The gig economy has disappeared. People worried about money. It's a time of danger. But it's also a time of great poverty. People sleeping in homeless shelters where there's no chance to self-isolate. People on universal credit not knowing where the next bit of money, where the next food is coming from. COVID-19 coronavirus is certainly a time of danger. But then there's that second word, the word opportunity. Work in the 21st century is crazy. It's not like work ever before. People doing 50, 60, 70, even 80 hour weeks. And suddenly that's all come crashing down Suddenly, there has been opportunity to rest, opportunity to breathe, opportunity to reflect, opportunity for well-being, opportunity for shalom and wholeness. One of the opportunities has been rest for individuals. Another of the opportunities has been rest for our world, for its climate. Fish now swimming in clear water in Venice. The smog above cities like Wuhan and, and, and the cities of the United Kingdom disappearing, even the ozone layer apparently being repaired by the Almighty God of heaven and earth. Opportunities. But then there's one more opportunity. And that opportunity is all about that word mission, all about that word evangelism, all about making Jesus famous, all about making Jesus known, all about being the hands, the feet, the voice, the heart and even the presence of Jesus in this world. Suddenly, coronavirus has given us an opportunity for mission. And over the next few minutes, if you would bear with me, we're going to be checking out a story in the Bible all about mission, all about the kind of opportunities that we receive in this coronavirus, COVID-19 crisis. So if you've got a Bible, could you grab it? Uh, Could you switch it on, open it up? And we're going to turn to the Gospel of John. Chapter 21, verses 1 to 14. Now, the Bible split into two. This is the second part of the Bible called the New Testament. 27 books in that New Testament. This is the end of the fourth book. John, chapter 21, verses 1 to 14. This is the story immediately after Easter. It says this, afterward, Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Galilee. It happened this way. Simon Peter... Thomas, also known as Didymus, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples were together. I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them. And they said, we'll go with you. So they went out, got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing, absolutely not. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples didn't realize it was Jesus. He called out to them, friends, haven't you any fish? Nope. They answered, He said, "Throw your net on the right side of the boats and you will find some." When they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, "It's the Lord." As soon as Simon Peter heard him say, "It's the Lord," he wrapped his outer garment around him, for he had taken it off and jumped into the water. The other disciples followed in the boats towing the net full of fish for they weren't far from shore about a hundred yards when they landed they saw a fire of burning coals there with fish on it and some bread jesus said to them bring some of the fish you've just caught so simon peter climbed back into the boat and dragged the net ashore it was full of large fish 153 but even with so many the net wasn't torn Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. None of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came, took the bread and gave it to them and did the same with the fish. This was now the third time Jesus appeared to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. Wow. So that's one of my uh, favorite stories in the Bible. But to understand it, we have to understand a little bit of the backstory, story. And the backstory story started about 10 days before, on a Friday, which you and I know as Good Friday. There, the disciples of Jesus had stood beneath the cross of Jesus. They'd seen their Jesus, their friend, their hero, being nailed to that cross, with nails smashed through his wrists and his ankles, and being raised up to die. This was the son of God. This was the one in whom they put their faith, they put their trust, they put their hope. They believed that he was God and now he was dead. Can you imagine their desperation? Can you imagine their tears of sadness? And yet just two days later, on the greatest day in history, on the greatest day in the history of the whole wide world, on the very first Easter Sunday, their tears of sadness were transformed into rivers of joy. Because Jesus had defeated death. Jesus had burst out of the grave. Jesus was alive. He is risen. He appears to Mary Magdalene in a graveyard on Easter Sunday morning. He appears to his friends in an upper room in Jerusalem. He has defeated death. He's alive. He is risen. A week later, he does exactly the same. This time, a guy called Thomas is there, one of the disciples. Thomas doubted. He didn't believe that Jesus really had done what the others had said. And so Jesus said, put your hands in my wounds. Thomas put his hands in the wounds and he believed. Jesus had defeated death. He was alive. He had risen. And he said these beautiful words to his disciples. John chapter 20, verse 21. Peace be with you. My shalom be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. As my Father has sent me, so I am sending you. As my Father has sent me, so I'm asking you to go make me famous, to go tell the world about me, to go be my hands and my feet and my voice and my heart and certainly my presence to a world. As I have been sent by Father God, so right now, disciples and friends, I am sending you. And those disciples, they received That invitation. But instead, they simply went fishing. Up in the Sea of Tiberias, the Sea of Galilee, up north in Israel, they went fishing, seven of them, the secret seven. That was Peter and James and John, Nathaniel and Thomas, and two others that the Apostle John, who who wrote this story, couldn't be bothered to write down. They go fishing. It's nighttime. They go and do what they've always done, they chuck their nets into the sea over the left-hand side of their boats. They're experienced fishermen. They did this for a job. They're experts. They chuck their nets into the water in the same way as they've always done. And absolutely nothing happens. Absolutely nothing is caught. And then suddenly... There's a bloke, there's a geezer on the beach. And this bloke, this geezer on the beach, he's hollering out to them, Oi, lads, why don't you chuck your nets over the right-hand side of the boats and see what happens? Now, uh, I wonder if we could stop for just a moment. Um, Are any of you fishermen? Does anyone do fishing or go fishing as a hobby? Uh, you guys sat at home on your couch or, or on your trampoline or in bed. Any of you fishermen, could you just put your hand in the air so I can see? Thank you. Um, thank you. I got that from the guys in Poynton and you in, in Manchester and even you in Austria. Okay, fishermen amongst us. Now, tell me, what's the biggest fish you've ever caught? Is it kind of like, um, like that? Nah. Uh, what about that? Nah, come on. We're talking about that kind of fish, eh? Hey? Now, you fishermen, um, are you the kind of people who would listen to a guy who's on a beach, who, who ain't done any fishing before, who is uh, hollering to you? He hasn't got any rod. He hasn't got any tackle with him. Would you take any notice of his advice from the beach? Or well, the disciples of Jesus, they did. For some reason, they thought, okay, why not? And they chucked their nets over the right-hand side of the boats. And my goodness, they caught the biggest catch of their life, 153 whoppers. We're not talking that size. We're not talking that size. We're talking that kind of size of fish, 153 whoppers. Suddenly they realize who the fella, the geezer on the beach is. It's Jesus. And so Peter strips off his clothes, does a belly flop into the water and swims as fast as he can like Michael Phelps all the way to the beach. The others bring the boat in. And together, we had this beautiful story. I just love this story. Jesus cooking a barbecue of fish for his mates on a beach in Galilee. I would so love to be hunkering down with Jesus, having a barbecue, on the beach. One of my favorite stories in the entire Bible. But what in the blazes is it all about? Why did John, the Apostle John, put this story in the canon of Scripture into the Bible? Well, guys, I kind of think the story tells us something about mission. I kind of don't think that... um, Jesus simply saw a whole shoal of sardines or a whole posse of salmon. I don't think salmon are actually called a posse of salmon, but I don't think he saw a whole posse of salmon and a shoal of sardines. I think he wanted to teach his disciples and teach you and me here today in 21st century Britain, something about mission, something about God. You see, Jesus had used the metaphor of fishing once before to talk about mission. At the start of Mark's gospel, where Jesus is calling his first disciples, he's calling Peter and he's calling Andrew. And he said, I'm calling you now to leave your nets and I will make you fishers of people. Or in old-fashioned English, I will make you fishers of men. And now at the back end of the gospel, John chapter 21, I think Jesus is doing it all over again. He's using fishing as a metaphor for mission. He's saying, stop doing what you've always done. Stop putting your nets over the same side of the boat. For the disciples, they'd focused all their energy on the Jewish people. They'd focused all their energy on the people living in the country of Judea and the country of Israel. And I think Jesus is now trying to expand their horizon. He's trying to tell them to cast their nets over the other side. There's a whole world out there who need to hear that Jesus is alive. There's a whole world out there who need to hear that Jesus has risen, that Jesus is the savior of the world. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but shall have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave us Jesus, that whoever believes in Jesus will never ever die, but will live forever. I think Jesus was trying to show to his disciples that the message of God, the message of salvation, the message of redemption, the message of rescue wasn't something just for a particular people at a particular time. It was a message for the whole wide world. My friends, in this time of coronavirus, I think we're being given the same opportunity. I think we'll be given the same opportunity by God to go and cast our nets into different water, to go and cast our nets into deeper water, to go and speak with people and show people God's love in different areas to where we've already gone and done it. It's nothing wrong with telling our, uh, our family and those around us about Jesus, but I think Jesus now in this time of crisis wants us to go further. You see, people today are hungry and thirsty for truth. I think people in our society right now are quite scared. Quite honestly, I think they're quite scared. They're quite desperate about the future people are dying. And they're dying without a savior. People are getting ill and they're getting ill without a savior. And I think there's a great deal of fear around in this world. Right now, Google is having so many hits, so many more hits, where people are seeking prayer, particularly prayer, how to get in touch with God during this coronavirus COVID-19 crisis. Friends, I think it's time for you and me to cast our net into different water. Suddenly, community has been reborn. Suddenly, we're knowing our neighbours like never before. Uh, If you're like me, we've got a WhatsApp group going up and down our road, almost every house covered by this WhatsApp group. We are building community again. We're doing shopping for our neighbours. We're cooking for our neighbours. We're collecting prescriptions for our neighbours. Down our street, we're even planning the victory party the celebration party, the street party for when this crisis is all over. We have an opportunity. We have an opportunity right now to go and make Jesus famous like never before. We have an opportunity right now to be his hands and to be his feet and to be his love, to be his heart for this world. This world needs to know by our actions that Jesus is Lord, that God cares. But more than that, We need to seek ways to be Jesus' voice in this crisis. Perhaps praying for people on our streets. Perhaps dropping Bible verses into our WhatsApp conversations to be the presence of God for people who desperately need Jesus. Maybe it's waking up every single morning and saying, how can I serve you today? Would you open up opportunities for me to go and make you famous? Would the opportunities come my way? People are passing the front of my house. People are chatting to me like never before. Why don't we use those opportunities to tell them the greatest news in the whole wide world? Jesus has died for their sins, Jesus has released them into new life. All they have to do is say yes to Jesus. Friends, COVID 19, coronavirus, is a time of crisis, but it's also a time of opportunity. Let's learn from history. Those of you who were taking part in Spring Harvest this last week would have heard Pete Gregg, the founder of 24-7 Prayer, talking about a crisis, an epidemic, a pandemic that happened in the year 251 in Carthage in North Africa. Carthage was then kind of the capital of the then known world. And it was a bustling place, but suddenly epidemic and pandemic hit that place. And people were dying and there were bodies on the streets. And the Christians were a persecuted group of people. But Cyprian, who was one of the church fathers, one of the bishops there in Carthage, said, although you are persecuted Christians, do not flee. Do not flee from this persecution. Stay, get involved, nurse the people back to health. And the Christians, the Church of Jesus Christ in Carthage, did exactly that. They loved people. They cared for them. They nursed them back to health. They buried their dead. They supported them. They blessed them. They gave And because of that, so many of the population of Carthage who had been persecuting the Christians, so many suddenly turned to Jesus and declared him as Lord and Savior. That can happen here in Poynton, in Manchester, in Cheshire, or wherever you are throughout this world. If only we will be hands and feet and voice of Jesus. For many years, I lived in the beautiful country of Croatia. Between 1991 and 1995, there was a terrible war of independence in Croatia. Between Croatian forces and Serbian forces, many, many hundreds of thousands of people died. People were evicted from their homes. It was a a brutal and horrible time. And yet, as the war started, the Church of Jesus Christ leapt into action, leapt into gear. They were the first group of people who provided humanitarian aid. They loved people, they housed people, they fed people, they watered people, they protected people. And as a result, people turned to their God, people turned to Jesus Christ like never before. I worked for the Baptist Union of Croatia back in the day. And in that short period, those four years, those churches doubled in size. People gave their lives to Jesus. It can happen here today. If only there would be courageous people, people who were prepared to make Jesus famous, people who are prepared to be the hands of Jesus, the feet of Jesus, the voice of Jesus, the heart of Jesus, and above all, the presence of Jesus. You and I are commissioned. You and I are called. This is our chance. Perhaps we are here for such a time as this, as Mordecai once said to Esther, perhaps you are here for such a time as this. This is a time to stand up. This is the time to be bold and brave and rough and tough in order to make Jesus famous. Don't rely on my words. Listen to the words of Paul, Romans chapter 10. How then can they call on the one they've not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they've not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? My friends, today, You are sent. This is your opportunity. Or the words of Jesus, Matthew chapter 28, go and make disciples of all nations and baptize them in the name of Father and Son and Holy Spirit. My friends, Jesus is saying, go. Or these beautiful words from the book of Acts, Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, but you will receive power from on high when the Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem. Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Jesus is sending you today as his witness. This is coronavirus. This is COVID-19. This is a time of great, great danger. But this is a time of great opportunity. This is a time for us to shine for Jesus like never before. Can we pray together? Let's pray. Gonna simply ask that you think about the person who first introduced you to Jesus. Was it a dad? Was it a mum? Was it a brother, sister, uncle, auntie? Was it a school teacher? Was it someone at church? Was it a neighbour? Who was the person who first introduced you to Jesus? Would you just give thanks to God for that person right now? Just in the silence where you are, just give thanks to God for that person. And now this is a a kind of pass it on moment. This is the chance right now to do to someone else what that person did for you. To go tell them about Jesus, to go show them Jesus, to go show them this God of amazing love, amazing generosity, amazing kindness. The God of creation, the God of salvation, the God who is Alpha and Omega, the beginning of life and the end of life, the God of heaven. Why don't you just make a promise? that you will do your best for your God this week in sharing that love of Jesus with someone down your street. Why don't we just do that now? Father, there is a world out here that needs to know you. I don't believe for one moment that coronavirus came from you, but I do believe that coronavirus also gives us an opportunity to shine like stars in the universe, to punch some holes in the darkness of our world and let the light of Jesus shine through. And so we stand. We promise to serve you this week Would you give us each an opportunity to go and make you famous this week? Would someone initiate a conversation with us that will lead to their eternity being blessed? So we shall go to stand beside the broken. We will go and feed the hungry. We will go and clothe the naked. We will go in your power, Holy Spirit, and make Jesus famous. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's talk. Join us next week for another inspirational message.